0: Good evening, and welcome to the Online Warriors Podcast. As usual, uh, I'm Illegal86, and I'm here with the Nerd Bomber.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: And God, I always forget, Tactic1, still? Hello. Yes. He's, okay, he's here. I just
1: have to comment, and I'm sure the users don't care, the listeners, but we have this software that we use to record our podcast, and they updated it, and what is happening to show our audio recording is, like, fantastic.
0: It's a complete game changer.
1: It's blowing my mind.
0: So now
2: every time I talk, we'll be like this.
0: It's pretty exciting. As opposed to like really basic block line kind of things, we're seeing like actual waveforms. So we're seeing how our voices are captured in a more distinct and definitive way, uh, which probably means we're going to say more distinct and definitive stuff. So you've chosen the right episode to listen to. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We've got a it's lot to It's going to be fantastic. To, we, yeah, it's going to be great. We got a lot to talk to you about today. Uh, the usual kind of just smorgasbord of stuff that you might have wanted to hear us say some things about or you might have not known about it at all, but you're going to learn about now. So uh let's get right into it with our bi-weekly round table roundup. What have you guys been up to?
1: Uh, I guess I will start. So um, one of the big things that I've been getting back into the past week was reading. Um, I've been a regular at the library, and I've busted through several books. But the thing I really wanted to talk about was I started reading J.K. Rowling's adult book, The Casual Vacancy. Finally, I know it's been out for a while, and I was super behind the times. And I'm really disappointed because I don't like it. I like, really can't get into it.
0: So I have this book. I got it, I believe, at, like, a used book sale for, like, a dollar or something. Total kind of blind, like, it's J.K. Rowling, I'll just buy it kind of purchase. And I've been scared to read it for that exact reason.
1: It's just, it's very dry.
2: Is it exactly what the cover says it is? Just a book about an empty room?
1: So what happens is that in the very, like, first five pages, um, a guy who is, I think, on the church council... And I'm in, I'm like 150 pages in, and I still don't really hold, know what's hold, happening. Hold, your hold on, but he dies, and it, the book is really about <sighs> what the reactions of the people around him are. And I'm 150 pages in, and I just don't. There's too many characters. I can't keep track of what's going on, and I don't understand why I'm supposed to care. Like they, I have no relation to this character. He drops dead in the first literally like five pages, and I'm just like I don't really care i don't know why i'm supposed to care i'm kind of bored there's nothing really going on and i'm really disappointed and sad
2: so so i was going to interject with spoilers by the way so if that's a big pivotal point
1: i mean it's on the back of the book the whole the whole point of a casual vacancy is when um there is basically a vacancy in office whether it's because of a death or someone like abdicates, and it's the like period of time when that position of office is not filled
0: so his position so like, is going his position is in a church sure. group?
1: That's what it seems to be. Maybe that's why um, you can
0: relate to it. That's why I wouldn't uh, to I, relate to it.
1: I honestly I don't know. I can't tell if it's a church group or if it's a community group that they keep calling the church council. And I'm just I don't know. It's confusing and dull. And I don't really care. I think it's one of the big things that's keeping me from getting into it is like, it's supposed to be about everyday life. And I feel like everyday life in England is not quite the same as everyday life here. Like, I don't know. Maybe other communities are different, but like, I don't actively know everybody in my neighborhood. I don't actively gossip with people in my neighborhood. Like, we're not all a bunch of old cronies talking about the church council. So I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah,
0: it's all like small townies. Drinking tea. It, well, s- small townies are like people living in, in an abbey because there's a lot of abbeys in England, like, like downtown Abbey. <laughs> like they just sit around and drink tea and talk about-
1: Downtown Abbey.
0: Downtown Abbey. I, I, I prefer <laughs> to think of it as the downtown of the English world. Uh, also, my mother watches Downtown Abbey and she gets upset whenever I call it Downtown Abbey. Shout out to my mom. Hope you're still watching Downtown Abbey. But I, I just, I don't. I was going to ask you. That's going to be the next question. Is like, is this like a really Britishy thing? Because I don't mean to be xenophobic, but Britishy I mean, stuff so far, man. Ugh.
1: It definitely feels really Britishy. Like the, you can tell the verbiage. And I mean, I don't know. It just feels Harry Potter. You could tell was happening over in England, across the pond, and Europe. Yeah, but at least that I cared about, and here it's just like dull everyday English life.
2: Well, plus Harry Potter being as fiction as it was, it wasn't that it was specific to England or specific to America. It was specific to Hogwarts. So you didn't have to relate.
1: That's the thing too. So one of the things I like most about J.K. Rowling's writing is her ability to build this world. And I feel like with the real world that you completely lose that because she doesn't have to do that. Like obviously she sets the tone and gives you an idea of like where this is taking place and describes buildings and stuff, but it's just not as interesting because it's real life. So
0: I have a theory uh, based on something Tactic just said, which is I think you have a hard time relating to this book, but you had an easier time relating to the Harry Potter books because you are, in fact, a witch with magical powers. Thoughts?
1: I cannot confirm nor deny because the Ministry of Magic will be all over my ass. Um, but... Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge.
2: Interesting. Yeah, we all know you're a powerful
0: So the lesson to be learned here is that if you live in England and you want to be an author, don't write about regular stuff or else no American people will read your book.
1: Well, like Bridget Jones's, uh, Bridget Jones's diary was pretty interesting. Like, I don't know, maybe it was just because it was a quick chick flick type read, but I thought that was pretty interesting. And that was just about normal everyday British life. And I don't want to offend or any any like British listeners we might have, but it's boring.
0: So have you ever seen So okay, the American Office, The Office, that show, the US version, is like it's like the millennial version of like Seinfeld or MASH like it's like a huge thing for us like I don't know how many people I've talked to who have seen every episode a hundred times because it's on Netflix and it's just that easy thing where you can sit down and watch it even though you've seen it a hundred times and you don't want to pick anything else to watch and it's it's funny and it's great so one time I sat down and I was like I'm going to try the British version have you guys ever watched it is like watching paint dry except the paint is boring
1: I I think I tried to watch it once, and the first episode was just really disappointing. So I stopped, and then I went back to like the U.S. version of The Office.
2: It seems more – British comedy seems more slapsticky. No, no it's- but, not at all. But wait, let me finish. Let me finish. That's, let in, me finish. It's
1: an, an inaccurate statement.
2: You have to let me finish. <laughs> it, se- it seems more slapsticky, but in a – subtle way and and I, and I can't really put a thing it off. is so dry so
1: i would call it's, it's dry, dry sarcastic like you can't even tell that they're being funny like they do it very deadpan it's very dry it a lot of it's very dark too
0: agreed I, like it is not my first ex- like i've had some good experiences with british television very limited ones uh shout out to lovesick which i know you also watch never actually both of you have watched it right
1: See, I found that to be a really enjoyable British And, and comedy.
0: yeah, it's great.
1: Like I drive with that it's, humor.
0: It's... So sorry, watch, go ahead.
2: Watch the IT crowd and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's weird. It's weird humor. It's like you're like you're like ha ha ha
1: Like I said, I wouldn't call it slapstick though. I think it's more like uncomfortable dry humor.
2: Maybe maybe that's a better term. Because
0: for... I I think even like Sick is great, but I think it still has the humor still has a lot of that dryness in it. It's just a little bit more geared towards, I think, a younger crowd. Um, like that's a very hip kind of millennialish show that hasn't had the time to age like The Office did. Where The Office was back before even the American Office that was probably two thousand or something. And it's just like I said, it's just, I, I think I got through like two episodes. You said you only got through one, but like it does not get any better. It seems like it's similar. Like the first, even the first, the plot of the first episode is similar to the plot of an early episode in the American office. It is just so much. It's so much worse to me. It's so much different in terms of its use of humor and the kind of humor it tries to put out. So I don't know. Maybe the casual thing is he's like that. I have no idea. Never read it.
1: Well, if you do want, so if- to kind of get rid of the nasty feeling in my mouth. Like I have not finished this book and I can't tell, like I'm in between whether or not I just want to like put it down and call it a day or like stick it out and finish reading it. But I did read Mindy Kaling's first book. um, Or I forgot what it's called actually. It's like, are they hanging out without me and other worries or concerns or something like that. And I found it to be really funny. So that kind of put me back on a good reading track.
0: So Mindy Kaling, yeah, she's, she's in the American office. I never watched The Mindy Project. Did you guys ever?
2: It's fantastic.
1: We binge watched The Mindy Project, uh, I want to say like six months ago. We saw it on Hulu and we just ran through the entire series. And so if you can get over her, the persona that she puts on in the show and her voice, I know a lot of people can't stand her voice. Mindy Kaling is my spirit animal. Like her real life person is a She seems
0: pretty cool. I would be her best. I, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily share the dislike of her voice, but I can understand how people would feel that way. I've never watched the Mindy Project. I love her on The Office, though. She's one of my favorite characters on The Office, hands down. Um, sounds like you've been knee deep in the, in the reads.
1: Yes, I have. I'll stop monopolizing. What are you doing?
0: Yeah, I I wanted to make a public statement, public apology, that I called it the roundtable roundup incorrectly at the top of this episode. So uh, if you want to unfollow, if you want to stop listening because of this mistake, uh, we're sad to see you go. But I understand I accept the consequences of my actions.
1: What a noob. Now, if
0: you're going to choose to still listen, in spite of that egregious blunder, let's take it over to tactic one. What do you got?
2: So this week, this past week has kind of just blurred by to me. I haven't, I've played some video games here and there. I've read some books here and there, but nothing really extraordinary. And the, and the, the most high point of my past week was learning the difference between crawfish and crayfish. Wow. Here we go. Fun fact, there is no difference. <laughs> there were two different animals. And not only that, but there's such a thing as a blue crawfish for those of you who didn't know that so you've heard it here first folks enjoy yourselves
0: now what kind of blue are we talking about are this like a navy i've never seen a blue crawfish because i'm pretty sure they don't exist and you're making this up uh what color blue are we is this like sky blue royal blue
2: we're talking like electric blue
0: get out of town I, i will stay in town i i do do me a favor stay in town really quick and i am gonna google this because I have the power of the internet at my disposal. It is electric blue. That's a real thing. Uh, and honestly, it's terrifying. I don't like it. Uh, that's my initial hot take on that. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's a fun fact that we've all learned today. Uh, crawfish and crayfish, same thing. I, is, is it that crawfish is something that southern people say or... I want
1: some crawdads. Yeah, like, I, that's a terrible accent. I don't wow. even know. That was like the worst. I feel like it was I immediately really retract that. It, I don't know
0: crawdads.
1: <laughs> that was like not the best that I've ever done.
0: So, so here's I, I just googled crawdads to see if there's any difference between crawdads and crayfish. They are the same. And and crawfish. Was, let, let me yeah. Let me run through all the names that these things can have. Uh, crayfish, also known as crawfish, crawdads, freshwater lobsters, mountain lobsters, mud bugs or yabbies what's a yabby guys yeah. <laughs> who has ever <laughs> called that
1: going down to like new orleans and being like hey man i want some yabbies they'd probably look at you like you're insane
0: so uh, i'm i'm looking at and i i wish we had like screen sharing so i could show all the listeners this uh in my little google track i have found a geographical kind of representation of who calls it what um And basically, who
1: calls him Yabby? uh,
0: So, okay, this is—I should say—I know that's what the question we all want answered. But there's only there are only four options given for this survey apparently: crayfish, crawfish, and crawdad. And then there's another option that says, "I have no word for this critter." But I mean, (laughs) at the very least, you gotta have Yabby. Um, And for the record, the question that's asked is, "What do you call the miniature lobster that one finds in lakes and streams?" Uh so it looks just to kind of walk you through the the bullet points here. Uh most of the people that call it a crayfish are people who grew up or, or who live in the northeastern United States, so Maine pretty much down to Pennsylvania. Uh with some exceptions. For example, it looks like oh boy my geography's bad. I think that's New Jersey. That Jersey. Yeah, I think Jersey. It's either Jersey or Delaware. I always mix those two up. Uh, one of them is very red, which means they call them crawfish. But there's also the Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, up in that area also calls them crayfish. Then as you get down to the south, you have more people calling them crawfish. Um, with and a, uh, like a very dark red in like the Louisiana area, which I mean, obviously they call them crawfish down there. They probably call everything crawfish down there. It's Louisiana. It's the bayou. And then in the middle, like the Midwest, you got Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, that area. They call them crawdads. And then also... Crawdads. Yeah. And
1: Wait, who doesn't have a word for this creature?
0: So that, the color for that one is yellow, and I don't see any yellow anywhere, which makes sense because you have to have some word for it. Um, it's just, that just was, I guess, the the I fourth option in case you didn't know any English. I don't know. Um, but they, if, interestingly enough, they also call them crawdads in Oregon and Northern California. Which is interesting to me. But anyways, uh, linguistics. Is this linguistics? I don't really know what linguistics is. I think it is. Semantics. Maybe. Um, I knew some people who majored in linguistics, but clearly I never asked them any questions because I don't know what their <laughs> major is. But uh, you sh- I've taken quizzes like this before. It's actually very interesting. Have you guys ever done that with the like? Oh, what do you call it when it rains and it's sunny out?
1: I think I've taken like the soda and pop quiz. I just
0: call it soda pop. Throws a wrench in everything. That's like, but that's a legitimate thing. There's a huge part of the country that that does that. It's wrong, but Don't you lie to me. Um,
1: the people who really throw me off are the people who call everything a Coke.
0: Coke. Yeah.
1: That just like no, a Coke is. Even if you're calling like Pepsi, Coke, a Coke is a dark pop soda.
2: Drink, all right, what, if, what if I it, drink? What if I called everything Sprite from now on?
1: That would be weird too. That's clear.
2: <laughs> I would get my own yellow color. Mountain Dew.
0: So, have you heard the one? The one that I mentioned was what do you call it? First of all, I'll ask you guys the question: What do you call it when it's sunny out but it's raining?
1: Um, a sun shower. Epic. Think-
2: that's what I thought it was called. Is there another name for it?
0: Yeah. And you know what? Let me, let me Google this one quick because it is so uh, interesting because one of the answers is just absolutely insane. Uh, dang, why can't I find it? Oh, here we go. There's two. There's two major terms. Actually, no, I should say this is one of the ones that... Okay, the question is what do you call it when rain falls with the sun is shining? There is a huge part of the country that says, I have no term or expression for this. Just like like I said before with crawfish and crayfish. Uh, there are pockets of the Northeast that call it a sun shower, which is what we all call it. And then there are parts of the South that say, the devil is beating his wife. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So I mean, I don't want to make fun of any of our listeners, but that is a very intricate saying for that weather phenomenon. I
0: mean, that's just crazy, right? right.
2: Like, we should, yeah, I can't believe the devil's married
0: <laughs> Right <laughs> I, I mean, we should probably I, I want to move on So we should probably set aside an episode where I, I
1: The linguistics episode Yeah, like, like
0: Not necessarily a whole episode, but a longer segment Where I can go through all of these maps And ask you guys these questions See what you say, and then give The crazy answers like the devil is beating his wife Like who, I don't It's, it's, a, it's great, I'm going to start saying it but who came up with that? It's wild.
1: I have no idea.
0: Um, so we, we learned something today. Crawfish, crayfish, same thing. Um, what I have learned in the past two weeks is that, uh, one, Black Panther is great. Uh, I did finally see it. I guess I was a little late to that party. Uh, I also watched the Oscars, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. And I've been really grinding it out on Destiny 2, which I know I'm kind of late to that party. But... um. It's a pretty satisfying ground. Feelings? Do you like it? I, oh, so it's kind of a love-hate relationship. So when I played Destiny 1, I was frankly at a time in my life where I didn't have as much time for video games as I do right now. So I think like de- the, the prevailing uh, sentiment is that Destiny 1 is a far better game than Destiny 2. And with that, I absolutely agree. Um, there are some things that Bungie did with Destiny 2 that just baffle me and baffle everyone else who's played both games. It's like, why would you make that change? What is your goal? There, I mean, there's there's obvious things like the commercialization and like they switch to loot boxes and all this stuff to try and get you to spend more money, which you would expect. But then there's also other changes that they made that are just gameplay changes that just it really confuse me. And that's another thing that would take uh, longer than we have to to talk about in detail, but at the same time, like I said, it's a love hate relationship because there are parts of it that are so bad, but it's still a very, a very tight and a very fun shooter. And there's a grind that you, that you hit where you're at the upper level of what the game, how far you can progress in the game. But there's a systematic way to kind of keep going about it, keep doing missions and keep doing these things to level up your character further. And there are certain things they do that are good to make you want to keep playing. Um, I will.
1: So are you playing this alone or are you playing this with friends? I know we have a specific friend that is very into destiny. So are you playing it with him or are you kind of doing it solo? I'm
0: mostly doing it solo, uh, but I have played with him a few times. Um, It's a lot, it's a lot more fun when you're playing with somebody. I will say that. And there are also certain aspects of the game, certain missions you have to go on that you can't even do it alone. I mean, you technically you can, but it is so difficult. I, I will say he could probably do it alone because he's a much better player than I am. But um it's the kind of game that it, it is meant to you're meant to have a quote-unquote fire team and you're meant to do raids and strikes together and stuff um i tend to play it like weird hours and all the, also not for very long where that's not a, the most practical thing um I, i'm thinking about switching games soon i have quite a bit of a backlog i have battlefront 2 still in the plastic which i know that game has been super maligned for various reasons most of which i understand but i at least want to give it its due shake and then I also just got Dishonored 2 for $10 uh, out of a Red Box, which Soapbox moment. I need
1: to beat that stuff.
0: Redbox is great yeah. because they will sell games at certain... Can I just... Yeah, go ahead.
1: I'm going to take um, responsibility here that I am the person who told you that Redbox sells video games. You
0: have changed my life.
1: Back when Doom... Was on sale for like something ridiculous, like five dollars. I got
0: Doom because
1: you were like, "Oh, I'm waiting for it to go on sale," and I was like, "Yo, Redbox has it for five bucks." Yeah,
0: I got Doom for five dollars. Uh Which Doom is like, if you haven't played Doom, it's also a. It's really stupid. It's like a, it's such a stupid game, but it's a fun shooter. It's like it's the kind of thing where like, if your brain's itching and you want to shoot some aliens for a couple hours or an hour, like it's so great for that. Uh, so I would recommend it if you're kind of into that sort of thing. But yeah, Redbox sells games for like, I got Dishonored 2 for $10. I got Doom for $5. I also got the uh, Uncharted 4, which Uncharted is like one of my favorite franchises ever. I got that for like 30 bucks. Um, I would strongly recommend if you're ever at a Redbox and you're wondering what they have for sale, check it out because you might be surprised um, the discounts they have that are better than like getting it used from GameStop or anything. And it comes in a Redbox case, which is also kind of, I don't know, interesting. I guess. Um, but that kind of that rounds out our what are you doing Wednesday. And we can move into the round table roundup. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I mentioned before, we'll, we'll start off talking about the Oscars. That thing every year that you probably don't watch, but you hear things about. And maybe watch some speeches online afterwards. I mean, it's like three and a half hours. Like, it's so long.
1: I see the like Hulu has the Oscars and you can go back and watch it, but it's so long. Like, uh, if you're not going to an Oscar viewing party or like you didn't set aside that time already, I have a very difficult time catching up. Like, I just read an article and I get what I need to know.
0: Right. So, I mean, the other thing that's like, again, to stand on a soapbox, first of all, I did watch the entire thing because I love movies and I also like award shows. I like people dressing up. I like, the gossip. I don't watch like the red carpet stuff, but like the thing that blew my mind. Here, here it is. It's 2018, and I went to find some kind of stream for the Oscars, be it through ABC or Facebook or Twitter or you know Hulu Live or Amazon Prime. Sometimes does streams of sporting events. Whatever. I expected to be able to find it some way. I expected to be able to log in through my cable provider and find it because when I say my cable provider, I mean my car- my parents' cable provider. But anyways, I've done that a hundred times with various live television events, and it's been no problem. And yet, I go to do with the Oscars, and they only allow you to live stream the Oscars in like San Francisco, and like Austin, Texas, or something. There was some finite list of cities. It it blew my mind. I, like, sounds like you it sounds like move. I need to move. I mean, I just I couldn't believe that they weren't streaming it like like i would have watched the commercials would have gotten to me the same as if i had a tv and and like everyone's cord cutting it's like do you want people to not watch the oscar like i know it had the lowest ratings it's ever had because donald trump tweeted about it thanks donald trump that's the only time i'll ever thank you for anything uh but it was just like it was so weird to me that it wasn't streaming anywhere so i had to go find an illegal stream uh It was probably from the Russians. I don't even know. I don't know what the source was, but I was able...
1: Your Oscar results probably aren't even correct. They probably like doctored the entire thing. So you don't even know what actually won.
0: So I did double check my answers because I was worried about the same thing. I was worried about some kind of super conspiracy. But it turns out that I think I I did see the actual show. And I got to tell you, it was pretty great. There were some highlights. There were some lowlights. It was like any of the shows... Um, for those that don't know, The Shape of Water won, uh, I think, the most awards on the night and, like, the most important award, Best Picture. It also won Best Directing. And I think it won, it, oh, it won Best Score. And then it won, I think, one other, one or two others. Um, so that was...
2: If you don't know what The Shape of Water is, by it's the, the fish way, sex I can give you a movie. Yeah. I'll get the, the summary of it is, I'm a man fish. Let's eat eggs and have sex. That and that's the whole So thing. have you guys seen
1: Honestly, I have not seen it yet, but if some manfish came to me with that proposition, I would have to at least stop and consider. Like, you know, eggs sound like a good time. Hard-boiled. Eggs are good. Sunny side up with a little bit of toast, a little no, bit of bacon. Nope.
2: Hard boiled, that's how he likes them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm a I'm a scrambled man. Uh, I did see shape of water. There are no scrambled eggs in any of the movie. He eats them all hard boiled. Um,
1: did you like it? I've heard very mixed things like I've heard it's a really <sighs> good movie technically, but it's also very bizarre.
0: So, okay, well, I will say the bizarreness of it did not turn me off uh It is primarily two things. it is a stunning artistic achievement and a stunning technical achievement um with like it it deserves the awards that it got. What I will say is that the story itself not altogether that original it's it's at its core a pretty typical beauty and the beast kind of story um it's good some of the acting is good it didn't win any of the acting awards and i didn't think it deserved to um i i don't know it's tough for me to weigh in because like i did like it it was a good movie i think i overhyped it because i was hearing so much about it and it had a limited release so it didn't come out in the theater near me for quite a while i think i actually didn't see it until gosh it might have been february it's february or late january and it came out in december so like i had built it up to be this thing that it turned out to be in some ways but not other ways like visually it was it was awesome um as far as like movies that make you that really suck you into the story and make you feel things it didn't do that as much as i would have liked um
1: i feel like that's an age-old debate not even just with this movie but like in movies in general, in books in general, in video games in general, the how do you separate um, whether the technical achievement outweighs how interesting the story or basically yeah, the story, like how it relates to people, is like I feel like it's very difficult to weigh those. Two right, things. so so.
0: There's a lot of talk going on about this. Like I think the Oscars, and I don't know much about this, but I think the Oscars did change their voting format this year. They got in a bunch of younger voters because like, there are some movies that you look at and like, I've seen a number of movies where I'm like, Oh, it didn't really speak to me that much, but I'm sure it'll win a bunch of Oscars, which it, then you kind of ask yourself, like, what are the Oscars and what are they supposed to be? And, and what do these awards really mean if you win them? Because, the Shape of Water. Like, I've seen so many movies that that moved me more. And to me, that's what a good movie is about. But at, at the same...
1: And that's part of the reason I stopped watching the Oscars, not to cut you off, but, like, we saw Dunkirk, and it was a visually stunning movie, and they did a lot of things really well. But there was something about that movie, I just... It didn't speak to me at all. Like, I watched it, I didn't care about any of the characters... But I walked out of there thinking like, wow, this is going to win a lot of Oscars or at least be nominated for Oscars. Yeah. And I feel like that, I don't know. I don't know what that says about awards in general, but there's a disconnect there. I don't so, know if I so like So
0: Dunkirk is so, another great example of, of the phenomena that we're talking about, which is movies that like Dunkirk also won a, a number of awards. Like I know it won best sound mixing and best sound editing and it was up for best picture. And like the sound awards that it got it deserved, like the sound was a major player in that movie, and granted, a lot of people complain about it being as loud as it was, but like it was well done and and I was the same way I saw it last summer, and I love Christopher Nolan and everything, but I watched that, and like at the end, it wasn't the kind of movie where the lights come up, and you're like, "Wow, that was great, it's like, okay, well, that was that was pretty good. And I'm sure it's gonna win a bunch of Oscars, but like you said, like like my connection to characters and the story was fairly limited. So to me, like when I looked at the best picture nominees, which if you don't know what they are, look them up. There's, there's 9 of them. I saw 5 out of the 9 this year, which is a pretty high ratio for for me. But I was rooting for the extremely dark horse candidate of Get Out because Get Out was it was unique and original and it was scary. it it, it made me feel arguably more than the other movies on the list. Um, it won best original screenplay.
1: Um, did you see, was it three billboards? Uh, in three, what, three, billboards, yeah, three, three billboards. Yeah. Three billboards
0: outside Ebbing, Missouri. So that one, uh, it won a few Sam Rockwell won best supporting actor. for that one, he had the best speech of the night. If you have get ever get a second, you should, you should YouTube it. It's pretty funny. He thanks everyone who's ever looked at a billboard in a speech, <laughs> which is pretty funny. <laughs> Francis McDormand won for best actress. Um, and she gave this uh, a pretty rousing speech about feminism and equal representation in the arts, which was pretty cool. That was towards the end. Um, it was up for Best Picture. It wouldn't have surprised me if it won Best Picture because I did see that one as well. And I liked that one. I, I You know, I, that one was weird for me in that I saw it and it was another one that I kind of overhyped. But, and at the end, I walked out being like, it wasn't that good. But as it kind of ages and as I look, I look back and think about that movie, like it was very good. And the acting in that movie was... As an ensemble, that cast was fantastic. So that kind of elevated the movie beyond um, what it could have been if other people had been in it. But that one was very good.
1: The only reason I ask, um, so like my mom, she'll never listen to this, so I don't really feel that guilty sharing this. But she is one of those people where when she goes to watch a movie, be it on the couch or even in the movie theater, she'll get maybe like 20 minutes in and you look over and she's asleep. And she doesn't really, like, I mean, she works a lot. She gets up, like, at four in the morning, works, is a grandmother, does a lot of stuff, is super busy. So I get it. Um, She's always been a very hardworking person. But the way that I judge a movie and how good it is, is if it keeps her awake. And it's become, like, a, a gold standard now. Like, if it keeps my mom awake, I know it's a winner. And I'll at least be entertained for the entire movie. And I guess my parents went to see it. And she called me like the day after and was like, you need to go see this movie. It's really good. So I haven't seen it yet, but I had a feeling that it might be. I, I can definitely
0: understand uh, why she would feel that way. It was so, so it if get out wouldn't have left, it, my first vote for best picture would have been get out. My second vote probably would have been three billboards again, based on what I saw. Although lady bird was also up there. If you didn't see lady bird, that was also fantastic. Um, three billboards was like, there were some really cool scenes in it. It, it, It's a, it's a very character driven movie and it takes place in a small town. Um, and it, it handles a lot of the themes that you would expect it to handle. Like, uh, there are bits about racism and there are bits about, um, you know, uh, taking the police to task for crimes they don't solve and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's, it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, if you haven't, if you haven't yet seen it, um, yeah, I guess that kind of summarizes the Oscars.
1: No, there's one thing that was notable. Um, Coco did win, what, best animated picture?
0: So I have not seen Coco.
1: Oh my God. It did Coco. It did win,
0: though. That's true.
1: So I'm a big Disney nerd. I love going to see animated movies in general. I'm a giant child at heart. And I went to see Coco, and it, like I'd waited a while after it came out. And I finally went to see it, and It legitimately, like, I don't cry often, but it legitimately made me cry in the middle of a movie theater. It was so well done and so sad and so happy at the same time. And it was just phenomenal. It was probably the first time in a very long time that an animated movie has made me feel that much. So So if you haven't seen it, you need to go see it or rent it or stream it, whatever you need to do, watch it.
0: It also won Best Original Song for,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, some song. I can't remember the title of it. Um, I believe
1: it's Remember Me.
0: Yes, that's it. So, so I here's my thing with Pixar movies. Um, I love Pixar as much as the next person. Everyone loves Pixar. If you don't love Pixar, you suck. Uh, with that said, I saw Inside Out and like you just mm. said about Coco. Like, that movie just emotionally devastated. It's just, on every level, happy to sad. Like, it, it hit me on the entire spectrum. Like like you just said about Coco, amazing movie. If you haven't seen it, go rent it, YouTube it, or whatever. Well, you can't really YouTube it, but just watch it somehow. But after so, that...
1: So, was really good, but I would say that Coco takes the emotional... I don't even know, like, manipulation... Up a notch.
0: But this is what I mean. Like, the reason I haven't seen Finding, Finding Dory, which we also talked about just a little bit ago, and and this movie is, like, I am so skeptical that Pixar can do more for me personally than it did with that movie. So I'm hesitant to see future, to see these two movies and to see future movies, which I know is silly. Like, I saw Up, and at the time I saw Up, I was like, this is, this is the top for me. And then I saw Inside Out. So suppo- I suppose they can keep building on it but I'm so scared that I'm going to see one of those and it's going to let me down. Coco, I guess I'll have to check out.
1: I feel like I don't understand how they do it. Like typically, um, and I guess, I don't know, like regular Disney movies kind of let me down sometimes, but Pixar movies consistently, like they take it up a notch every single movie. And I don't quite understand how they do it. And maybe I'm like aging with Pixar. Because if you think about it, I mean, depending on how old you are as a listener, Pixar really first came around when I was very young. And I feel like they've only grown and matured as I have grown and matured.
2: You grew with Andy.
1: Yeah, well, one of the main things, like the Toy Story series, um, when the Toy Story 3 came out, the last Toy Story movie, um, Andy went off to college the year that I graduated high school and was also going off to college. And I feel like... Over time, Pixar movies have become more mature in their emotional um, storytelling. And they're still really colorful and entertaining for kids, but they've grown in storytelling somehow, which is mind-boggling because they master it every single time.
0: Yeah, so the, the, so, the Toy Story 3 thing was, It gets better. I mean, that just felt... I remember watching it at the time and being like... And I'm like crying, obviously, because it's Toy Story 3. And... I remember thinking like, this is so calculated to just mess me up emotionally. Like it, I was shaking my fist. I saw it at a drive, drive-in theater and I was just shaking my fist at the sky being like, damn you Pixar for doing this to me and picking my generation specifically to just, like you said, age up with and continue to just destroy emotionally
1: hashtag fuck me up fam sorry pardon my language but that's really how i feel walking out of every single Pixar movie lately we can
0: we can bleep it or we cannot you know who it's it's 2018 we're we're a progressive podcast um while we're talking about movies though did y'all see this winnie the pooh sorry that's not the name of the movie but the movie the the name of the movie is christopher robin and the trailer dropped uh, i think yesterday
2: So I did. (laughs) And I'm excited that it's adult Christopher Robin.
1: I feel like it's going to be really sad somehow and depressing. And it makes me almost not want to see it. And I love Winnie the Pooh, but I feel like I'm going to walk out of there again crying. I don't want to cry. I need a happy movie. You want
2: to know what's going to happen? They're going to be walking on the street, Christopher Robin and Winnie, and they're going to bump into Marky Mark. With Ted. Without his Funky Bunch, it's going to be Ted. And he's going to be like, hey, who's this jerk? In the classic Marky Mark Ted fashion. And it's going to be hilarious.
0: I just like, so, so I'll be honest, my reaction when I watched this trailer was not positive. I was I, My my first thought was, this is creepy. It creeped me out. I, I, I don't know if my connection to Winnie the Pooh is, is so tenuous that... I would see a live-action Winnie the Pooh speaking to an adult and just, I don't know. My mind didn't go to the right places. didn't go to the places the trailer wanted me to go. But, but like the, the, the premise is supposed to be Christopher Robin is this, he's an adult now, and he's just like, he, he has a crappy job, I guess, and he's like all sad, and he's like in a park, and then Winnie the Pooh just like sneaks up behind him. And if it was me, I'd be like, how long have you been following me?
1: You know what, I don't like. So, Winnie the Pooh for me, um, I don't know, I always envisioned him as the drawn cartoon character, like the illustrated character. Mm-hmm. And okay, they didn't do a terrible job making him like a real life Winnie the Pooh, but something's just off about it. Well, well, I don't well, know. Well, so, how so to feeling.
0: you, okay, so, and granted, I'm not up on my Winnie the Pooh lore, but. Is the idea of Winnie the Pooh, is he supposed to be a stuffed bear or is he a real bear? I thought, I he, thought was he was real a real bear. So but, the, the, but the trailer, he's very clearly a stuffed bear.
1: So the general gist of Winnie the Pooh, if I'm remembering my Winnie the Pooh history right, and sadly I do know a lot of Winnie the Pooh stuff, um, was that Christopher Robin is growing up and I guess back in... Like the backstory of the whole thing is that like he has a shitty home life. Sorry for my language again. He has a really bad home life. And so he makes himself feel better by imagining that he's in the hundred-acre wood, this imaginary area, and all of his stuffed animals are his friends, and they have their own lives and personalities. And that is supposed to be the gist of it. So oh, they that, are supposed to be stuffed animals. That's
2: right. That's why Eeyore has the stitches.
1: Right. Oh. Um But it's just it's weird. I don't know. I've I I guess they've taken Winnie the Pooh so much further than that where they make them seem like real animals because they basically took Christopher Robin out of the equation entirely. Like I can't tell you and I have a nephew, I have a young nephew, so I do watch some Winnie the Pooh specials the like Christmas, Christmas stuff. Special. Christopher Robin.
0: Sorry. It is.
1: It, it really is. But Christopher Robin is really nowhere to be found. And they're almost like this their own entities in this own little world. So giving that reminder to you that they're not real and that they're these semi-depressing little stuffed animals is kind of right. sad. I don't like, want to know that. You know,
0: it looks like this, I, I think it's supposed to be present day movie, but yeah. like... Oh,
2: that's right! You
0: just made it even more real
2: with regards to the the standard Christopher Robin backstory that they only come when he's
0: depressed. Right. Mm-hmm. This movie is going to be. Well, so that's what I'm Like, like he's he's sitting on this park bench in like the grayest city in the world, which is London. Again, sorry, I, we're, we're really hating on Britain uh, in this podcast, but
2: I'm sorry. Annie just got I, fired. He, I don't think he got off.
0: fired or laid off. I think he had to. He had to take his. He was supposed to go on a trip with his family. This is all from the trailer. He's supposed to go on a trip with his family, but then his boss says, if you go on that trip, you're fired. And then he's like, okay. And then he lets the family go on the trip without him, but he has to like stay behind and like part of the job and the reason he has to stay behind is to like fire a bunch of people. And like, so right away, it's sad. And then he's on this bench and he's depressed. And, you know, Winnie the Pooh literally creeps up behind him and says like, oh, bother or something. And that's the end of the trailer. Oh, Christopher. Yeah. Sorry. That's my that was, too. honestly, that was, that was not bad. Um, but it just, like, it was a little creepy. It was a little depressing. It didn't make me feel any kind of, like, a joy. Or any, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it was supposed to make me feel. I feel like it was supposed to make me feel happy and excited. And it did not.
1: This is going to be one of those movies where... At the core of the movie, it's going to be a very depressing and sad movie, and so even if they play it off and there's some like fun, exciting adventure with Winnie the Pooh, you're ultimately going to walk out of the theater feeling really sad. I think you're, and you're, I don't, I don't like yeah, that.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. like to me, because like right after I watched the Winnie the Pooh trailer, I saw in the sidebar, I guess, uh the Mary Poppins trailer just came out, and I watched that. And granted, I've never seen the original Mary Poppins. I guess I guess what? I got away with that. I don't know. I've never seen it. Uh, I know like a spoonful of sugar like helps the medicine go down or whatever, but I've never seen I've never seen it. So even with that in mind, when I watched the trailer for that, I felt like a lot better because the ending is like, oh, she's Mary Poppins. She's like this fun character who's gonna lift the spirits of people in depression era London. Whereas who is playing Mary? Uh, Emily Blunt, John Krasinski's wife also a great actress in her own right i shouldn't i shouldn't describe her first as john kaczynski's wife she's she's been in a bunch of stuff um but i don't know like that one's got lin-manuel miranda as the chimney sweep guy and like it just
1: that's definitely gonna be a feel-good
0: yeah like i i think it has a similar setting of like a gray rainy depression era london but the the idea is Mary Poppins is going to come in and like float in on her umbrella and make everybody happy, which sounds like more of what, what we need right now than Winnie the Pooh coming in and being like, Oh bother. Like, and just like being sad all the time. Is that really good for anybody? Winnie? May I call you Winnie? Winnie the Pooh? Doesn't seem conducive to a fun movie, but Hey, I mean, uh, if you haven't seen the trailer, go check it out. Maybe you'll, you'll feel differently um what do you think do we have time for one more topic or should we go into the wheel
1: i think we have time for one more quick one okay
0: so fun piece of news that i heard today uh another thing that's happened recently in my life is i'm a i'm an echo dot owner now um which honestly is everything is cracked up to be you can turn the lights on you can turn the lights off i play jeopardy with alexa every day i ask her questions like I, and I just realized...
1: The weather is my favorite I just realized
0: one. I'm saying Alexa a lot, and she might she might hear me. She's literally right here. She might say something if I keep saying her name. You'll
1: learn, so the longer that you have an echo, you'll learn not to use anything that remotely sounds like her name. I won't, say, I won't even say it. Anything that sounds like her name, you don't even want to come close to, because she'll start listening. And then she'll be like, I don't have an answer for that. Or I'm not sure I understand that. And then you just feel bad. See,
0: mine just when it doesn't understand, it just like kind of beeps at me, and I'm like, okay, fair enough. But but so so I f- I forgot. You guys have one, yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I read a piece of news today that might chill your blood a little bit. Uh, apparently, they've got this. As of recently, there's apparently some problem, some some bug in the matrix or something, where she'll just start laughing at you, Un- to- totally unprompted. <laughs> it's not like like. I guess sometimes it happens when when you tell her to turn off the lights, but other times it's just like, you'll just be like sitting there, like, I don't know, living your life and then she'll just start laughing at you. I watched
1: the Twitter video. Someone had posted on Twitter, basically they took a video of yeah. it happening because it was just laughing out of the blue. And I'll be honest, if I was home by myself and I didn't know the backstory, I didn't know that this was a thing that was a common Call problem- the cops. And I heard that laugh. I would, seriously, I'd be calling 911 and being like, there is a small child in my house and I'm going to get ax murdered. So you better come help me out.
0: By a small child. it.
1: You know what? Kids are maturity. Kid,
0: I mean, I if a kid surprised. has an ax, there's a, more of a chance something good, something bad is going to happen than something good is going to happen. So like you still don't want a small kid with an ax in your house. But it's creepy. It, yeah, you should watch this Twitter video. It's four seconds long. It's not a huge time commitment. It's literally just Alexa just creepy laughing.
1: Ha ha ha, ha yeah. that, uh, just ha.
0: That
2: was it. That was, yeah.
0: that was her. That was Alexa. She so, so Amazon says they're planning on fixing it. Because uh, apparently like, the, uh, one of the reasons this whole thing started is apparently you can tell her to laugh. You can just be like, and I'm not going to say the name because I'm afraid she's going to do it. But I would be like hey, laugh, and she'll do it. Whereas now they're changing it to, hey, can you laugh? Which apparently, Amazon says it's going to have less false positives and it's going to hopefully eliminate the issue. But uh, in the meantime, it's creepy. The AIs are taking over and we're all screwed. That's kind of...
1: Yeah, that's where I want to
0: leave that news item and transition us into... mystical wheel
1: go ahead
2: okay so what do we got here nerd bomber
1: so I feel like the wheel is kind of rigged because we've been doing this every week now um but so the wheel this time had a topic for us to play with And so the past few podcasts, we've been having a contest to see, like, the first line in a movie, like, the tagline of a movie or the first line in a song, and um, to see who could recognize it first. So this week, the wheel is telling us to go with books. So I'm going to give, since I won last week, I get to host and not participate and I'm going to give Tactic and Illegal the first line out of a very well-known classic novel that you've probably read either in high school or college, or you should know it because it's a classic and you should just be read up. So I'm going to give you the I'm first a, no, one. No, b-
0: b- before a, we start, let's be clear. We've done this twice now. Tactic is 0 for 2. I'm going to lose this he, one. I can't even his read. His confidence him. has been it's, shattered. and It's about to be further shattered. <laughs>
1: It's almost kind of a running joke at this point. Because I don't know, last week I think I might have swept you.
0: And no, it was close, but he came up with one at the last. Yeah, week. you guys are so hilarious with this running okay. joke. We're, I'm sorry. We're having so too much I'm
1: going stuff. to start out. This one is going to be kind of a softball to kind of help a certain participant out. If you don't know this, I'm going to be very depressed. Hmm. Um, so the opening line to this novel is, it was the best I
0: already of times. Know it.
2: I, it
1: was the worst of I times.
2: It Tell
1: two cities. Oh he got one. I, oh look at him. There's no. a chance
0: that I let you have that one because I could have said it earlier, but I wanted to preserve the sanctity of the game.
2: Well I was trying to listen, but someone was talking over, so That was
0: me. Uh okay, I'm no okay, no more no more slow pitches. I'm going full full hog. That's not that's not a phrase, but I'm doing okay. it.
1: So, this is going to be best three out of five, as we've been doing in the Already past. crushing it? What? Okay. So, this next one. The first line in this book is kind of a run on sentence, but I will read the entire thing. So, please hold your answers until oh, I, so I done, can't. Unless you absolutely know it. And then I guess you can just shout it okay. out.
2: But expe- ex- ex- specifically, you just just don't even say I'm anything. probably going to.
1: So, the first line in this book goes if you really want to hear about it, the first thing you'll probably want to know. Is where I was born and what my lousy childhood was like.
2: Catcher in the Rye.
1: Oh, he got Actually, it! Look at him I, wow. I,
2: I did not did know it. that one.
1: There was like, there was a whole like paragraph. So that, oh, that movie read. has
2: him like hooking up with a prostitute. And it's like psych, dude. That's I mean, a book. My, it's like psych. I just want to talk about my emotions. When does
0: the Catcher in the Rye movie so. drop?
1: Hopefully, never. <laughs> right that's,
2: after, right after Winnie the Pooh. That's
1: honestly the my least favorite book of hey, all Hey, that's time. a good book. No, it's terrible.
2: Psych,
0: let's talk about it. It's probably
1: the most polarizing book ever of all time. And I'm on the side that it is awful. Offshoot fun
0: fact. In high school, I wrote a rap about Catcher in the Rye uh, (laughs) as a class project. And let me tell you, it was a banger. It was a total banger, guys. I could recite some of it for you right now, but I won't because the game must go on.
1: All right, so this one might be a gimme because I know a certain person's very into this book.
2: Oh, I know what Wait, it then he wins.
1: Um, so the first line in this book is all of this happened more or less.
2: Lord of the Flies. No. Damn it. <laughs> is that the end of the line? There's
0: no more?
1: That's it. That is the first line in this book. I can give you guys a hint in that I hate this book. But it is the first line nonetheless.
0: What? I don't know what books you hate. Catch yeah, the or yeah.
1: All this happens. Or, or less.
0: Kill a mockingbird. No.
1: I actually like that book. So no. Uh, not
0: right.
1: uh... all this happens. Okay, or, oh or
0: a Slaughterhouse Five. Yes, yep, that's it. Oh god, that book. That's awful. a good book too, guys. Ah, oh. it's so bad. He tried Time travels. Okay, okay. Yeah, spoilers.
1: No, it was it was really bad. It was it literally was like stream of consciousness. He was on drugs. I have no idea what well, happened in that book. There were like aliens. Yeah, but you it know what? It was
0: terrible. It all happened more or less. More or less.
1: <sighs> no
2: thanks. I feel like I would not need to be on drugs to enjoy that book.
0: Shout out to Kurt Vonnegut. I like your stuff. Also. <sighs> You're not alive, but uh, shout out to the grave. All right. It's let's, weird. Let's continue.
1: All right. So the next one. It was a pleasure to burn.
0: <laughs> Fahrenheit 451.
1: No. To get them off. Yes. yes. Yep. Fahrenheit 451. Oh damn it. It is a tie game showdown. Two to two. This is the final showdown. <sighs> okay. I've got a really good one. Mm. I know everybody has read this mm.
0: book.
1: So. It's just whether or not you can pull that out of your subconscious. Ass. Yeah. Ready? Are you guys yeah. ready? In Lord of the
2: Flies. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is not Lord of the Flies. In my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me a some advice. <laughs> what? <the>?
0: Okay. <laughs> you have no. to keep going. I don't
1: <laughs> In my younger and <laughs> <laughs>
0: Does that mean it's Mulan? Did I lose? (laughs) Dang.
1: I'm dying. I feel like
0: I already almost know it, but I don't want to take a shot. So this is a very-
1: In my younger and more vulnerable years. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I'm so sorry. In my-
0: (laughs) What is happening? What's happening? I have to win this. This is-
2: all secret so pictures. I've never
0: been more. Serious. <laughs> it's true. I've never been more serious in my life, and and
1: <laughs> ah. Okay. In my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice that I've been turning over in my mind ever since.
2: To kill a mockingbird. Oh my no, God. I've, I've I have read word.
0: I have read this book. Ah.
1: Do I have to try to squeak this out one more time? No,
0: I, I, it's not going to help. I, I.
1: In my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice that I've been turning over in my mind ever since.
2: Fahrenheit
0: 452.
1: No. Do you read? I can't
0: believe I don't. No. I'm, I'm ashamed. This is the first one that I'm ashamed that I don't know it.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Can you use it in a <laughs> sentence?
1: Okay, can I give you the author? I mean, that, or is that cheating since this is the last, it's the last one? It's not final cheating, but now. I feel
0: like that's probably going to make it too easy. Can we pass and go to another one? Well, And you just give it? Okay,
1: that is by Epcot. Great Gatsby. Okay. I don't know if that counts. Does I that feel like you it win? counts. I feel no, like it,
0: it has to pass. count. That was a pass. You, you gave, pass. You gave both of us one. the same information, and I utilized it, whereas Tactic did not. I, we can do it.
2: I didn't know we, what we were we guessing at that point. I thought we can do another one. It's fine.
0: It's fine. I'll get. I'll get that. It's fine.
1: Okay, I have to find one that's like fair that you would both know because I only had five really planned out. So just give me five seconds to find a good one. Um, You're going
2: down. You're going down.
1: Okay, here's a good one. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. No.
2: The great Gatsby. No, uh, no pride and prejudice. Pride great and prejudice.
1: G- yes. yes. Pride and prejudice. Illegal totally wins this one. I knew
0: Come that. Back. <clears throat> I actually knew that. We watched that. Come together. back to victory and uh tactic still winless. We did it. We did it. People. Pretty sure that last one was Lord of the Flies though. So. uh
1: If you haven't read Pride and Prejudice, I will, so my guilty pleasure, this episode, I feel like it's come out that I've been a very big reader in my life and my guilty pleasure is Jane Austen. I actually have this nice like gold spun edition of all Jane Austen books in this really nice volume and Jane Austen is my guilty pleasure. Jane Austen book club, not so much, but Jane Austen is really good.
2: I'm pretty sure you guys all realize that I can't read at this point.
0: Hey, you got the first mm-hmm. two.
1: <laughs> that is um,
0: true.
1: That was probably the closest you've ever. I think caught. it was.
0: So, so for next week, tactic. What what quiz can I give that you'll have a fighting chance at? Give it to me straight.
2: Who am I challenging? It would be me. Oh, sugar, honey, iced tea. <laughs> Don't spell that out people. <laughs> um Maybe Disney movies.
0: Mulan just just every question Mulan. the answer is Mulan.
2: Mulan. I
0: think I'm going to give a book quiz where every answer is either the lord of the flies or catcher in the rye.
1: So I have to I have to really I have to ask a question that like giggle, giggle fit that I had where I was like incapacitated for about a minute. Do I cut that out of this podcast?
0: <sighs> oh
2: wait, you're going to Oh, so we're, we're on cut out port now. Huh? We're going to well, cut no, this I, part out.
1: No, this is like the guests will know whether or not I cut. Like if we cut it out, they'll know. It was a conscious No, like
2: what we're saying right now.
1: is going to be on air.
0: No, I think that's like, crazy. I think, it's, I
1: it's think now
0: we. I think what we should do is we should cut the giggles out and then they'll hear us talking about it now and be like, wow, what what did I miss out those? of that's my <laughs> That's my take.
1: That that could work.
0: Whatever makes you meet low, folks. That is an interesting expression, and that's where we will leave it for this <laughs> evening. Uh, from the Online Warriors podcast, I'm Illegal Eighty Six, joined by Nerd Bomber and Tactic One. Wishing you a good night. Good night.
1: Adios.